0: Everybody and welcome back. I am the Bull, and this is See the Bullski, the podcast where I talk about leadership, followership, resiliency, and wellness. If you tuned in last week, I started to break down the different pillars of resilience, starting with mental resilience. So, if you haven't listened to that one yet, please go check it out. Building on from last week, I want to go over physical resilience now. Now. Remember, resilience is all about learning how to better handle and manage your reactions to stress, and an important aspect of that management is the physical side, or just how your body responds to demands placed on it, which is what stress is. Now, typically, we think of stress from a mental or emotional aspect, but physical plays a crucial part, and it's also worth mentioning that there are four factors that can help determine how you may react to a stressful situation. Uh, things like genetics, individual history or your experiences, the environment you find yourself in, and the situation. Now, these all impact how you may react to respond, and some of those things you can't change. Like, you can't change your genetics, and you can't always influence the situations and environments you find yourself in, but you can still learn to pay attention to your physical uh, physical state in stressful situations and learn to de-escalate yourself, which is really the individual part, right? So how you take care of yourself. And you can use this to even help out others as well. Kind of like how you can regain control of your mental and emotional state or help others regain control of their mental and emotional state. It's also important to note that everything mental has a physical connection and vice versa. So there's a lot of back and forth between the mental and physical sides because they go back and forth into each other. When we become stressed, what happens is your body reacts to the interpretations from the mind. When those unfun events happen, the body can experience things like increased heart rate, increased respiration, tightening muscles, increased blood pressure, difficulty breathing, panic attacks, sore eyes as strange as that sounds, sleep issues, fatigue or just feeling exhausted and sore even if you are getting sleep, muscle aches, and even stomach issues. Because of how the body prepares for flight or fight, it can throw normal functions or what's actually called homeostasis out of whack. While the body does do a pretty good job of balancing back out on its own, there is a risk still because if the stress isn't effectively managed, then the body continues to exert extra energy to be able to react, drawing more energy to operate at a tougher level and putting more strain on healthy functioning, throwing your homeostasis further and further out of whack. Over prolonged periods of time with constant strain, a couple of things can happen. Firstly, the body could normalize this new constant state of being, meaning that your body basically adjusts its homeostatic state to the higher level of demand. Sometimes this is good and sometimes, you know, life does make that happen, but it shouldn't be forever, right, there needs to be a dial down. Secondly, the longer untreated stress goes, the more health problems can occur in the short and long term, eventually leading to things like anxiety and depression, and of course, blood pressure issues, and even heart problems. So let me kind of explain this in simple terms. Let's say that there's a fire in your house, right? There's a fire going on, the fire alarms are going off, the animals are going crazy, and you're worried about getting out safely, you're worried about your spouse, you're worried about your kids, you're worried about your pets, you're worried about your belongings, and you know, you deal with it the best you can, you get everybody out of the house, the fire department shows up, the cops show up, it's a big, big old thing, and you know, everything gets put down. Now, okay, the house fire is gone, but you're safe, you're gone, you're good to go, your family's good, your pets are good. You're to an extent, you're gonna be able to dial back, right? The immediate life-threatening stressor has been dealt with. Now you're gonna deal with the other side of like the insurance and everything else. And that's that's, that's kind of how life is at times. Like sometimes it feels like our house, you know, work, family, finances, whatever, is on fire. And eventually one way or another, either the fire department comes and saves the house or the home re- burns down and you're able to rebuild with help and support, whatever it is. But there should, you know, if there are high stressors, there should also be a dial down period for kind of rebuilding everything and getting everything back on stable footing. But what can sometimes happens is... Well, some people are forced to live in this state where it feels like their house is on fire all day, every day. And that's not a good thing. It's not sustainable. When I was deployed a couple of years ago, uh, I was living in a tent, right? We had no real running water. We had water tanks. We had no real electricity. It was power generators. No hardened facilities. Like I was living legitimately in a tent. It was a big tent for a bunch of people, but we were all living in tents working six to seven days a week sometimes, 10 to 12 hour shifts in the middle of Saudi Arabia in the summer. Like it was 119 degrees the day that I left. And it was only me and a provider to take care of from a mental health perspective. We were only there, you know, we were taking care of uh, 3000 troops. So, you know, I'm I'm not the only one providing care, but I am doing care on top of doing admin. I'm also doing outreach across the, the base. And it was just little old me for the most part with my provider the physical demands were there. And overall, I was able to handle it pretty well at the time. But I know that I am not the only person who's deployed and came back. And basically after a couple of days, the body crashed because while my body and mind stepped up to perform as I needed it to for that six month stint, when I got back and could actually take a breather, the signal went to my body that it was okay to cool the engine and all of that amplified performance, there was no no longer a demand for it. So boom, I crashed because the demand wasn't there. And that happens, right? Everybody has their own aspects. That's just one of my experiences. But even if you're not in the military, you can be under extensive stress. Like, I'm just giving my small example. Even with that constant high work demand, though... It's important to do things daily if you can to keep your stress level managed so you don't burn out as easily and you're able to perform at your most optimal. This is an important aspect for all forms of resilience, but physically it means taking the time to reflect on yourself and check in on yourself and how you're doing and how well you're being able to take care of yourself. You know, I know a lot of people and some of you listening probably do this. You neglect yourself because you think you can't let anyone down or. Let's say you worry about how others will perceive you for the audacity of being a human and needing to take the time to take care of yourself. I know a lot of leaders who struggle with this because they're concerned that you know, those that they are leading will think less of them or even think that they're weak for needing to take some downtime. But let me share some insight here. Everyone needs a breather. Taking the time to rest is not weakness. Taking the time to recover is not weakness. You ever seen an MMA fight? You probably have, or at least you know what MMA is or a boxing match, right? They slug, do they slug it out for an hour straight? No, not even close. They go a couple of minutes, then they break, they sit, they drink, they regroup, and they reattack. Life at times is no different. And sometimes you just need to go to your corner and breathe, get a swig of water, and then get back in the fight. That is physical resilience. And using this MMA analogy, it doesn't mean that the pain's going to go away, but it does let you take a minute to make sure that there isn't you know, a serious injury and also evaluate if the strategy you're implementing in the quote unquote fight is working or do you need to change your tactics? That right there is the power of physical resilience and self-care. In terms of self-care, there are three main areas of physical resilience and they are sleep, exercise, and nutrition. So starting with sleep, you know when you're amped up when you're stressed out it impacts your sleep because the perceived threat or the perceived stressor puts a demand on your body it amps your body up to be able to fight or you know fight or flee well when you're in that amped up state and if you haven't effectively dealt with your stress then your body and your mind you know the lower levels are like we can't sleep because that puts us in a vulnerable state and we're feeling like there's a threat so because we're in an amped up state and because we haven't dealt with the stress, our minds and our bodies are still reacting as if it's prevalent right there, even though you're in your room, in your PJs, all nice and clean, ready to go to sleep. Well, this compounds the issue because if you don't deal with the stress, then of course you can't sleep. You got the rushing thoughts, but then you don't get as good quality sleep, which means you wake up the next day, you're not as rested, you're still exhausted, and now you've still got to deal with those stressors. And then it just becomes this continuing loop because the less sleep you get, the less dial down you get, the less better performing you're going to be able to be, and it just gets worse and worse and worse over time. Secondly, exercise. Exercise is not always about losing weight or getting stronger, and a lot of people have this perception that if if you like to work out, then it's because you want to lose weight or you want to get bigger. Uh, that's not always what it's about. Yes, that is an aspect of it, sure. But working out also helps pump up endorphins, which are the feel-good neurotransmitters in your mind. Exercising also can help you transform that negative energy from the stress into something positive. Uh, so you get to convert it instead of diverting it, uh, diverting it in a negative way. You're you're giving yourself an output. Think of it like a steam kettle. Like right? working out is a good way to release that steam so that the you know the pot doesn't blow. Uh, it also helps builds up your physical tolerance to the demands placed upon it. So because you're working out, you are increasing your heart rate, you're increasing your respiration, you're increasing your blood pressure, increasing your body temperature. But you get to control the tempo, so you know you can manage yourself. And when you get into that, you know it's it's working out. The more you work out, the stronger you get. Well, that works from a physical resilience side, same basic way. Lastly, working out, exercising it allows you to stop focusing on the stressors and it helps give your mind a break. So like for me, I like working out, I work out four to five days a week. Uh, for me, you know, I'm, I'm six, three, six, three three, six three and and a half, almost six, four, six, four, if I'm wearing my boots, and I weigh about 210 pounds and I work out four to five days a week, I'm in pretty good shape. Uh, but for me working out, it's not necessarily about me getting bigger, It it lets me divert that negative energy and the stressors in my life into something positive. While also gives me something to focus on. Because when I'm in my house, because I have workouts set up in my house, I'm focusing on the workout. I'm f- focusing on my form. I'm focusing on my reps. I'm focusing on my breathing. I'm taking my mental attention away. And when you take that mental attention away, then physiologically the body goes, okay, this isn't a stressor because it's not diverting our attention. I guess it's okay for us to deal with this. And then when I'm done working out, little tired, little exhausted, but I've also redirected my attention and my body responded appropriately. I hope that makes sense. Lastly, there's nutrition and this one's very simple. What you put in is what you get out. Um, I knew a captain years ago when I first came into the mental health career field who told me this story. I'm going to leave his name out, uh, but he shared this story where uh, he basically allowed his stress to get the better of him, and he stopped sleeping as well he stopped working out and he put all of his attention all times just in in his job just in his stressors and he never took care of himself and he said what really broke him was he started eating fast food because it was convenient so he could get back to work now there's nothing wrong with eating a little junk food right we all enjoy a whopper or a big mac or you know whatever it is that you enjoy. Sure, there's nothing wrong with that, but you gotta have a good balanced diet to an extent because what you put in is what you get out. And what ended up happening to him is he started having really bad physical complications and he ended up getting in the hospital. And it was basically like, he got told, you need to stop living your life this way and you need to stop eating this stuff because it's breaking you down. And again, if you're asking your body to respond to stress physically, uh, even mentally, it requires a lot of nutrients and a lot of nutrition. And if you're not getting good nutrients in there, then your body's gonna draw upon its reserves. And that really starts to wear and tear on you and it messes everything up. Again, messes up that homeostasis. So nutrition is a crucial part. I'm not saying you're not ever allowed to have junk food. I'm not saying you can't ever have a soda or coffee, but just make sure that you're conscientious of what you're ingesting and what is your output. And are you fueling yourself so that you can have what you need to respond when you need to respond. If you look at these categories though, you know, sleep, exercise, and nutrition, there's nothing magical here, which is why what I typically call this routine maintenance, like what we do for cars. If you're using another analogy, you know, it's what I do. If you have a road trip across country, it puts a strain on you, which in this case we'll say you are the brain, but it also puts a strain on the car, which we'll say is the body or the physical side. If you the brain ignore your own needs and push, then you risk crashing the car, falling asleep at the wheel, missing an exit, whatever it is, like the mind breaks down because it wasn't taken care of. At the same time, you also need to pay attention to the car, you know, the fuel, the engine temp, and all the other signs and the light ups on the dash that hint that something could be wrong. And even things like unexplained rattling and whatnot. Heck, even before you go on a road trip, and again, road trip is the stress in this point, Even before you go on a road trip, you know that you should check out your vehicle and make sure, you know, to get it checked out by a mechanic if you need to. And in terms of resilience, getting the mechanic to check on you, this would be talking to a mentor, a supervisor, loved one, or a mental health specialist so that you don't, you know, quote unquote, blow a tire on the freeway, as it were. We all have important things going on in our life, work, school, family, whatever it is. But... What that should mean is that we're taking extra special care to ensure that we're able to operate at our absolute best. It isn't that we can't handle tough times or even that tough times, you know, for extended periods are are unmanageable. We can do it. But I would also recommend making sure that you take the time to check in on yourself, not only for yourself, but for those relying on you that maybe you don't want to let down or the members of your team or, you know, if you're a leader, the people looking up to you, whatever the case is. This could even, you know, from a really big leadership perspective. I mentioned earlier that I know leaders who are worried about dialing back because of the negative perception they fear from those they lead. And if you're one of those people, you know, here it is, you know it's coming. Be a good role model. When you ignore and push, just trying to be tough, that's fine. And, you know, there are times in life when we have to be that way. But if you never dial back and show your people that it's okay to be human, they may push themselves too, and they may not you know, even, they're just trying to live up to your level, but they may not have your experience in handling it, which means that they end up hurting themselves or potentially others. So that's a huge part of role modeling. And it's not, again, it's not about being weak. Uh, there's also much to be said about working for people who knowingly ignore self-care and they expect their people to break themselves. And what do we call these people? We call them toxic leaders. And i would recommend that before you break yourself for someone ask yourself if they're the type of person or leader or peer or whatever are they the type of person who's gonna who who would be willing to pull over and give you a hand if you broke down or would they just drive by there are times when we all need to push beyond our limits and that's just a part of life but the flip side is there needs to be time when we pull off that freeway stretch our legs grab some grub drink some water, use the restroom, and remember that we don't need to try to drive a million miles overnight. You know, the place that we're trying to get to is most certainly going to be there in a few days. And if it is really that important, maybe someone should have considered booking plane tickets. And I'm going to leave that analogy, you know, there for you to ponder and hopefully you pick up what I'm putting down. So last week I asked what you all were going to do for your own mental wellness, and I hope you did it. And I, this week, I want you to take some time for your physical resilience. Make time for a nap, take a walk, heck, go for a stroll with your friends, family, pets. Do some stretches during the day or do, do workout after work. Doesn't have to be long, no one's saying two, three hours. 15, 20 minutes, you know, start simple if, if, if you don't have that integrated into your life already. Make sure you get some good food to fuel your resilience machine and do your best to please not dismiss yourself. Because while the demands are always going to be there in life, it is infinitely more important that you are here. The demands in life are never going to go away. So we want to make sure you're here as well. So please take care of yourselves. And you know what? Watch out for each other as well. If you see someone around you struggling and stressing out, offering to help or maybe take a walk with them for a few minutes, just to breathe and remember why they or you, are stressing to begin with, right? Sometimes you just need that perspective. Sometimes we get so focused that we neglect everything else and it isn't until we're at our wits end and physically just, we got nothing left that we don't realize we went beyond our limits. So a part of it is taking care of ourselves, but a part of it is also us taking care of each other. We can't do everything right now, but we can take care of ourselves and others right now right? Any of us can start that in the moment. So that's it for this week. Very, very simple. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to share this out so hopefully it can be of help to not only you, but also others. And I will check you out next time.